You know, part of being a great traveler and, and part of this series and the reason we created Travel Evolve was to do our best to think of everything possible we could to make you a completely evolved and perfect traveler. And mental health, we believe absolutely, you know, is part of that. It's, it's hard to be solid at your job. It's hard to do what you guys do already, let alone if you're, if you're struggling with some mental health or mental illness. So we're going to do our best today to talk about mental health on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Travel Evolved. I'm Mark Holloway. Welcome to the episode, everybody. We are we're winding up season number two. It's kind of exciting. I think we're finishing really strong here, and I think we're going to start with a bang in season three, um, which is kind of cool. So I guess today we're going to, we're going to delve into something, and, and I want to qualify this because obviously, you know, I'm just talking. I am not giving any kind of advice. I'm just giving opinion, and I, I just want to do an episode about mental health to talk about it. So it's, again, one of those discussion things that I think we all think about it. I don't know if you guys think about how, I guess, how easily it could be affecting your travel career. And again, I'm not going to get clinical because certainly I'm not qualified. I guess that's the the thing I really want to say. I'm not qualified to have an advisory type discussion. So this is simply, and I guess I'm I'm making my my, uh, statements here, that this is just an opinion piece and I just want to bring it to your attention so that I think you guys need to think about this. It's like we said in the intro, we talked about spiritual health, we talked about all different things, and and mental health was something that we added. So we kind of staggered these episodes because I think it's really important as humans. And I wanted to include it, and even though I'm uncomfortable with this episode, and even though it's hard to you know, talk intelligent, because I'm certainly not qualified, I just want to bring things out, and, and I did a little bit of research, really, so you guys can take the ball and run with it. Because... The one thing I'll say is that I think that awareness of mental issues, mental health issues, 
is is better than it's ever been. I think it's going to continue to get to get better. I mean, little things from you know, attention deficit syndrome to you know depression and anxiety. I mean, all these things. I think we never really talked about. Now, again, opinion for me. I think we need to be careful, and this is just my opinion piece about over diagnosing this stuff or assuming that everybody has depression or everybody has this. Because I think we have a tendency as a society to do those sorts of things. Um, and all you have to do is look at the prescription rates around the country that, you know, you guys all know this better than I do, that it feels like, and I've been told, and I'm not I'm not 100% sure, I'm kind of ignorant on this, that there's been a little bit of an epidemic that for the last couple of decades at least, the rate in which people are, are on prescription medicine has drastically increased. I think doctors know that. I think people prescribe that. I think they're still doing their best. You know, I, I really believe that. But I think sometimes you can just get overprescribed on stuff. I know many people that told me at some point, you know, and people I know very, very well that said, I had to like stop. I was on taking so many prescriptions. So I think that's real. And I guess I'll throw that out there because in the back of my head, as an uneducated, non-medical personnel, it feels like, and this could be the most ignorant thing I say, but it's also an honest thing I say, that we also have to be careful with, you know, looking for things that may not really be there because it makes it easier for ourselves to say, hey, you know, and I'll give you an example of one of them as we go because I, I feel that if I wanted to, one of these things we're going to talk about, I could say, hey, I have that. And the fact is, I don't know if I really do because I'm having an honest conversation with myself about it. So, well, that was a lot of, I guess, uh, legalese or something to try to you know cover my butt. But I just want to throw that out there because I, I just think we need to be careful. That being said, I'm also very happy and proud that we do have, we are talking more about this sort of thing. And there are things that we can do mentally, and there are prescriptions that absolutely do wonderful things that were undiagnosed or unrecognized or at least had a stigma of, you know, the you know mental health was a bad thing. Like if you had that, you were, there was something wrong with you. And I, I think in, in light of what I even, what I just said, I think that a lot of people, a lot of us, you know, have little deficiencies on things. And it's usually chemical. It's usually something else. And we got to stop being embarrassed about it because if you recognize it and you can get something that works, that's treatment, that's not hopefully, you know, something that you have to have the rest of your life, then it's great. So a lot of people that are in uh, in your side of the desk were just going, oh, God, this guy is already off to a bad start. But I hope you guys do appreciate that. I'm, I'm doing my best to to do what I can to talk about something that I think is just part of of the gig, and I want to try to do my best to bring it into healthcare travel, and you know a lot of different things by your your solitude, by the anxiety, the stress you guys have. I think is all slightly elevated, and I think that's why I at least wanted to tackle it. And I'm gonna do my best without saying anything stupid or dumber. Did I say stupider? I did. Um, so there we go. I just did say something stupider, or to at least kind of say what I can think, so you guys can literally take the ball and run with it. And, and again, like I've always said, if if one person out there you know, recognizes something and, and figures out, you know, some of the tips that I, I, I learned and, and researched that might help, then boom, we got a successful episode. So it's got to be all inclusive. And that's why we have these things in there. So first and foremost, May, which I still, I think we're recording this in May. And again, you guys know, we were trying to knock out um, up to episode 100. I don't know if we're still going to get there because this is 98 and we're trying to get to 100 so that we can start a new season uh, out there, the team needs to, you know, do some new, you know, promotional material and that sort of thing. So there's there's preparations for that, and uh, so we're hoping to get that done. I don't know if we will. I think we're going to be close. Obviously, we already are. And the last two episodes, I think, are going to be kind of interesting. I hope they are. So we're recording this in May, which actually is Mental Health Awareness Month now. 
sometimes things just work. We, <laughs> I promise you, we did not plan that. So um, it's just the way it worked out back two years ago, and I had no idea. So that's kind of interesting, and, and maybe that's a great you know thing that just kind of actually happened. So uh, under healthdirect.gov, a government the government website says that over 50 million U.S. men and women have suffered from some type of mental you know illness or a mental health issue. So I mean that's obviously a lot. It's a lot of people, and again, you know I don't know about statistics. I mean I think stats, and you guys know. I mean. I can talk about statistics. I actually did really well, and I took some extra stats courses in college. That stats are what they are. You can you can manipulate them. They're you know they are, you know. There's so many different things that can be done with a statistic that I oftentimes sometimes don't and, and often don't trust stats because there's barely enough information to know. But I thought that was an interesting, an interesting number, and I think um, my guess would be that obviously there's more to still be discovered, you know, and I think that's just the way it is. So hopefully we'll go there. So we're talking about things like depression. And that was the one I want to talk about because depression, stress, anxiety, those are kind of the three things that I I feel that is are areas where you guys have to be, I think, very aware of yourself. And the toughest one, I think, is depression. And this is where I was going to tell you guys that I, I, there are times where I felt like, man, I, I have, I've got issues with depression. And then I, I really started analyzing it. For me personally, the depression I felt always had a catalyst that was real. So I'm not sure I do. I think that I get depressed for a reason. And maybe my brain takes it further than it needs to be, which leads to anxiety and stress, who knows what. But when I think about it, when I have issues of depression, it, that usually is a, is a reason. And it's hard for me to um, completely appreciate. I think we all can understand how feeling like that for no reason, which is, I guess, again, kind of a very layman's way of describing what true depression is where you have that feeling and there potentially isn't a catalyst and you know or that sort of thing or a catalyst that has been blown up in your mind that's bigger than what it actually is that's that's tough for some of us to to diagnose and i think my only answer on that is because it's so unique i don't have an answer or solution of what to do on on your you know as a traveler but you know it could be relationship related or you know solitude related but i certainly say on that one that we obviously have to take that really seriously. It's it's noticeable uh, in our country right now, and um, it's really sad and unfortunate when it's not recognized by the individual who suffers from it, and certainly you know his or her loved ones that are around. Because obviously, it can be as you guys know, very very serious. So, I think stress and anxiety are just two quick things I want to tackle, and we're going to get into a little bit more meat and potatoes on this episode. But stress, you know, typically if we're talking about travel, healthcare, stress. I would tell you it has to do with a lot of the you know the unknowns. You know, we talked about the fact that we really don't have any guarantees in in healthcare staffing, especially from your side of the coin, and that's true. And I think with that brings a lot of anxiety. And I've said there are things you can do to try to reduce that, which means you can again just increase, increase, increase the best potential you can for your earning income, and try to reduce your your expenditures and your and your uh, you know. Those kinds of, of you know cost of goods sold that you may have on your own little business model because the idea is that I think stress oftentimes besides the work related stuff that you, that you guys have to deal with and, and figure out how to handle that on your own stress can oftentimes be financial and I think a lot of people in, in our country experience that right now which means it I think it really will reduce and it does help if you've got a nest egg especially as a traveler with how unknown things are these times during your career, especially what you've chosen to do, 
that's my only advice on that. And again, okay, my only discussion on that is I think a lot of things are reduced by stress. And here's why I can, how I can tell you that I kind of know that. When I can tell that a traveler is stressed, whether she's you know kicking tires with us or just you know just starting or downloading the app, and we actually have conversations, or or my account managers are having conversations, or our customer service reps are, it's really obvious for somebody that is stressed out. And I'm telling you, more often it's, it has to do with you know finding a high-paying assignment because they they want to make money, make money, make money. It's very interesting when you find. A very highly marketable traveler with some high traveler marketability, it's almost across the board that those men and women seem to be way more relaxed. And again, this is 23 years of experience. It almost is exact. You know, the more experience you have, the more easily you you get positions that your your resume is put to the top. How, you know, in tough times you're getting positions when other people aren't. In really good times, you're getting the high paying positions when others aren't. It's just part of it. So that's why I stress so much about your marketability because it really does feel to me, again, just an observation that notoriously the people that at least appear on the phone and in conversation to be less stressed out seem to be the ones that have their kind of their their travel career ahead of everybody else in, in an order. And obviously anxiety is the same kind of thing. I think you guys do have a career choice. I don't know if I've ever said this exact thing, but I've talked a lot about this, that you guys have chosen to take what I think is already a very stressful, high anxiety position, especially, you know, obviously for many of you that have more acuity, more um, more lives at stake, potentially, that stuff obviously all comes into play. And you've taken that and now you've decided to take it basically on the road. I mean, bless your heart, man. It, it's, it, I wish people that were involved in this process really thought about that a lot because I, I don't think most of us do. I don't think I do enough because it's it's really interesting when you get a call from somebody who's on the job and they're on a break or whatever as opposed to when they're at home. It's it's hard to put yourself in that position. And when I'm in that position or when I've been in hospitals in, in previous, you know, positions that I've held you know, at a you know a strike, for example, or some of the things we talked about, it's way different. So I've seen it, and it's so crazy that you guys have taken what's already a stressful and high anxiety position and actually elevate, chosen to elevate it. And that's why I've always said it's hard for a a person that's only work staff to even come close to understanding what your world is like. So all that stuff comes into play, and I really do think that becoming a very evolved and you know, like they always say, the happy traveler, it is is a really big part of your health, your well-being, and all that kind of stuff. So, all right. So let's talk about what I what I what I've learned is here's some some signs that you have you know good strong mental health, and I'll just kind of go through them. We'll talk a little bit about them. The number one thing actually is is confidence. That is a if you feel like you've got a lot of confidence, that usually is a pretty good indicator. If you read anything, again, you know, on the internet and what people talk about when when you talk about good mental health, solid mental health, strong mental health, confidence is is one of those indicators. Now you can project confidence and not really have it. You cannot have not project it and still have it. So only you really know your level of confidence. And I'm not just talking about confidence in your position, although that has a lot to do with it. Your your mental health has a lot to do with your confidence in general. And I like I said just a few minutes ago, when we're talking about travel healthcare, 
if you kind of follow my thinking, it really comes into play. So it's confidence on all the different things that you guys know, all the elements, and there's thousands of elements in my opinion. Thousands of little miniature learning curves that you guys have to go through. So again, I'm just I'm not telling you how to do this yet, but I want to point out indicators. So if you feel you've got a lot of confidence, you're probably already the biggest indicator is that you're 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 in good shape mental health wise across the board. Um, optimism. I found that interesting. I, I read a little more on this one, and, and again, this is me regurgitating. Optimism is a sign of good mental health because you're you're looking for positive. You experience positive. I mean, whether you're one of those people that believe that you you get what you put out in the universe, but it really is. If you talk to again any read or talk to anybody that is in mental health, they will tell you that if you're pessimistic, down, negative all the time. It is a huge indicator of, of poor mental health. So kind of think about the way you view things. You know, I mean, are you the type of person that, I don't know, let's say the assignment doesn't work out and you you find out that, you know, there's, who knows, your license doesn't come through and, and you're applying for a new license that ought to be there. I'm just using that as an example. Are you the type of person that says things happen for a reason and I wasn't meant to do that? Or are you just devastated and I knew it was too good to be true and I want you, know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Which kind of person are you? And again, I'm just trying to, if you have a lot of these one way or the other, you know, you could be really starting to look at either super strong or, or potentially some, some issues that you probably want to address a little bit. Um, this one I thought was interesting because it said, the ability to allow yourself to blame others and not always yourself for things that happen. So think about that. In other words, we're not talking about always pointing the finger at everybody else. I don't know what they call that. Narcissism, maybe? I don't know. But the ability to say, you know what, this isn't all on me, and here's here's why. I think that goes along with confidence. Um, it's it is a it's a stronger, I guess, feeling. And again, they're not saying that you're never blaming yourself. It's that you're not always taking blame. So kind of be aware of that. Are you the type of person always, oh, it's my fault, or you know, do you actually realize when you you know when you are at fault, and more oftentimes when this is what happened, this is why, and it really truly isn't something I've done. Um, I thought this was interesting. You set goals. We did an episode called, you know, setting goals. I mean, to me, that is that is it's a big one. It's I think we only talk a lot about it, but setting goals is an indicator of good mental health. It's again, you're optimistic, you're shooting for something, you're pushing yourself, you're you're willing to fail, but you're, you have something to strive for. And it just kind of makes sense. And, and I I didn't realize that, but it's kind of interesting that you look at some of these things, and we've talked about them here before without me even looking at it previously. And lastly, you have good self-esteem. And, you know, we don't really need to talk a lot about that. I think that's just part of mental health. It doesn't mean you have an unrealistic self-esteem. I think, as again, we could be talking about something like narcissism or whatever. That's a big keyword right now that's starting to bug me, too, because we always latch on to these words in our society, and that's what everything is. And right now, that's the one. But it's having a, a realistic and good self-esteem about yourself. And, and I, I, I know we've talked before about things and other things I've done about your mental self-speak. In other words, how do you treat yourself mentally? Do you constantly just beat yourself up every time for everything? Or do you, you know, maybe criticize yourself and figure out how you can do better? Or are you uplifting and always saying I can do better? It's everyone says, and you guys have all known this, that you have to be very careful with how you mentally talk to yourself, self-speak. And everybody says, and this is me regurgitating again, that if that's if you can talk well to yourself and you can uplift yourself, that's it's so much better than constantly beating yourself up. It's very important that you don't beat the crap out of yourself 
mentally or you know if you're one of these people that talks to yourself or you you know you're whatever you got to be really careful with that so that's super important hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news all right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So ironically, I'm going to kind of pause for a second and tell you what was weird that happened Today, this evening, actually, I'm recording this at night. NBC Nightly News, which I won't, I won't go there. Um, they were running a story on contracts that staff, in this case RNs, uh, have been kind of signing, and they, they called it almost like an indentured servitude thing. What I'm getting at is that this isn't just for you guys. I understand that all allied and all nursing, you guys have stress. So I'll tell you what I what I saw today, and it was really interesting because we'd already written this episode, so I, I don't have any notes about this, but I'm going to try to give you the details. And you guys may have seen this story, and you'll kind of know about when we filmed this then. But they were talking about a certain hospital system, um, and they were giving people a, in almost all the cases, this was California, Nevada, Texas, Florida, and North Carolina. They were giving an offering $10,000 signing bonuses, but if you but you had to commit for two years. What a lot of you know younger and and maybe you know people that needed that signing bonus that weren't really paying attention is that had in the clause the contract that if you didn't complete two years, and I think that was pretty uniform across all those states, then they not only wanted the ten thousand back, but there was a a determination of how much the training and credentialing and um, orientation is what they used that they were paying for you. And it was as much as an additional 10,000 or as low as $4,000. So there were nurses that were that realized they couldn't quit. And there were some tough examples. Of course, they pulled up the worst ones. You know, a young gal who was working the labor and delivery that was working nights that actually got pregnant herself and really was begging, pleading to move to days because she was feeling like her, her, her mental awareness, ironically, was was suffering at 2, 3 in the morning. She was staring at screens, and she didn't feel like she was worried about patient care. And they wouldn't, they couldn't move her because she was the youngest and the newest. And she also knew if she quit, she was going to owe, in her case, I think it was $14,000. And I guess she ended up quitting and taking a credit card. Her and her husband had didn't pay it. So one gal was talking about how her hair was falling out. She was so stressed out about what she had signed that it became an issue. So, again, that's obviously a, a pretty wild situation. And, I, and it, they did say that that system has actually stopped you know, having contracts like that. But it's kind of a larger scale of what you guys do almost every single time. You know, we've talked about signing bad contracts. We've talked about getting fooled by tough assignments. You know, and Melanie, my good friend, she, she did a great episode on that and really talked about how to get through those sorts of things because it happens to everybody. And I can't imagine what you guys go through when you're dealing with you know, not having a 
really a guarantee. And I'm a, I'll keep saying that because you guys know it's the truth. I mean, when's the last time that your your contract ended that you know anybody was looking out for your best interest? It's just the nature of the beast because it all does flow from the facilities. And we saw it a lot in you know when COVID was ending, and we still see it. It's just one of those things, and it's something that you guys should have your eyes open to and know. And like I just said on the phone to one of my travelers in Montana, I said, she's missing her son, and she's young young as well, but she took her first assignment and happened to be with us. And I said, I, I always say, and I hope that you are, and she is, she's working her tail off, working a lot of overtime. I said, I hope you're making the money that overcompensates for what you're missing out on right now. And she happened to miss her son's birthday back in Michigan, so she couldn't go. That's what I'm saying, that what you guys are doing willingly I sure hope that the benefits and the lifestyle have got to, you know, just completely annihilate the negatives. Because otherwise, why are you doing it? And I'd like to think it is. I know we focus here, obviously, on the things that are tough so that we can improve those for you guys, or at least give us give us give you our opinion, which is absolutely what this is about today. A lot of things should help you make more money. We hope things will help you be more prepared, hope you get more jobs. And that was the whole point of this thing, and it was just from one perspective. So ironically, today, you know, I'd already written this, and, and it was done, and I said, I want to pause for a minute and talk about that because it's not just you guys. And there's a perfect example how just a contract being signed, by, and they had multiple examples on this story. It's stressful, and you guys do it every time. So I wanted to pull that in and say, stress in your position there are a lot of positions that are stressful. I believe mine is, but it's a different thing. And I, I, here's, I'll, I'll repeat myself again. If I make a mistake, I'm, I could goof something up or worst case scenario, I could cost this company some money because, you know, whatever it was. We, we, did, we, we, over, we, we over offered the position because we had our numbers wrong, which doesn't happen or, you know, something. And that does happen. And, you know, that's part of customer service and part of things you have to do. But that's about the limit of of what can happen if I make, you know, a normal mistake. Obviously, if you guys make normal mistakes like this nurse was talking about, what she was so concerned about is it's a big, big deal, which is why I really have talked my daughter out of wanting to be a nurse and she's moving into special education because I just know, I know that she is not cut out for what you guys do. And um, she agreed. So that's what it is. So I just want to pause for and kind of tell you that there's just been a couple of signs today that this is the right time to do this episode, and we did not plan any of those. But I wanted to bring that in because just tonight that story hit, which is just crazy ironic. So let's talk about some tips. Um, again, me regurgitating. I hope you guys can appreciate that trying to have a, a podcast and an episode about something that you are absolutely not an expert on is really hard. And I'm sure it shows, but please understand that these are pointers that I found. I'm doing the research for you. I'm just pointing out the obvious and things you got to find in two seconds on any place else to get you thinking and talking. So here we go. The number one tip for improving mental health, which is really the meat and potatoes of this episode, is, and it's the number one factor in how you feel mentally healthy, is building relationships. And here's, it makes sense, right? I can speak from experience on my age real quickly and, and what my friendship life was like. And I'll just say this. When I graduated from college, I had so many friends and still do because I'd, 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 you know, I'd been everywhere. I, lived in, I grew up in Michigan. I went to Florida State. You know, I moved to you know, the Panhandle of Florida. I moved up to Colorado. So at that time in my life, it felt like I have so many friends. It's ridiculous. And a little thing called life comes into play. And again, I, was, I didn't grow up where I, where I raised my family. So 
I will tell you guys that with career and with everything else, I put relationships and friendships mostly behind. What it was was at that time, it's, and I'll just be, it was other parents that also had hockey kids. And that's just the way it goes. And you guys may be able to relate for those of you that have kids or those of you that are empty nesters. For me, it was the sports moms and dads because that's where I, I immersed myself. It was work. And, I, and I've admitted this before, I lived vicariously through my goaltender son's hockey career because I was so envious of it and I love the sport. And, and he, I know he played a lot for me and I appreciate that and I love him to death for it. But it really did kind of complete that part of my life because I just, I just loved it. And that's, those are my friends. So ironically, when you stop playing sports, and I told a good buddy of mine of this who's actually my age but his kid's even younger, believe it or not, that it's really an empty feeling. When that's when it's over, because you kind of lose your friends, and I realize that I that I've been so career focused that I don't. So the last few years, I will tell you that you know, my my new my new place is the gym. I talk to guys my age. We're talking about health tips and how to stay in shape. And I look at the guys that that are older than me that are in better shape than me, and those are the guys I want to pick their brains. And and we have a good time. We talk. And we have so much in common. So that's where it's become now, because I recognize that it's time to you know build some relationships. And I have my, ironically, I have more friends in, in the California area because I've spent 13 years there than I do here in Denver because I'm relaxed out there and that's actually a place to find friends. So work was almost kind of secondary or it was it paled. So that's just an example. So what I'm getting at is you guys have tremendous opportunities to meet other travelers, you know, stay friends with people that you work with, whether they're traveling or not, management. There's a lot of reasons why you want to reach out. And I'm telling you that the, Everything you'll see, and most of you probably know this already, is that building a relationship is the number one best thing you can do to improve your overall mental health. Look it up, Google it, and tell me if I'm wrong. Number two, so I, by the way, I'm, I'm failing at that, but I'm, I'm working on it. I reckon, I, mean, I didn't, I recognize this before I did this, but I could tell that I was needing that again because, well, let's be honest, my friends that were my, my college buddies and other, it's, it's, there's a we've we've all grown up right so the number two fitness and health so exercising specifically and staying healthy so I knew that I never got it validated until I was doing research for this but you guys are probably just sick of me talking about exercise and again we're not talking about bodybuilding i'm not a you know i don't do that stuff there's no way i don't have the physique for it i don't i don't even want to and it's and it's whatever it's staying healthy for you not because you want to look good not because whatever it's mental health and i always talk about there is an absolute there's a lot to exercising regularly first of all i think it's the it's the 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 regime that you put yourself on that you commit and you do it Everyone tells you going to the gym is the hardest thing. Once you start doing it, it is it is healthy for you to have something that you do that may not be a lot of fun, but it becomes a routine and it becomes something that you actually start to, I mean, I'm feeling better when you're exercising. I feel better after I'm exercising, but if I don't work out, it's a bad day and there's times I can't and it's it's weird. Trust me on that. It's not a runner's high. It's it's a it's a Feel good thing, and it has a lot to do with the discipline and that sort of thing. So number two is exercise. Ta-da! I'm getting a little validated. Maybe I do more, know more than I'm talking about. I don't. I just got lucky. Developing gratitude. 
we talk about gratitude. I don't know if we've done that episode on this series or not, but we have an episode called Gratitude. I don't think it's it's there yet. I always do that. It's on the list. If we haven't done it, and if we have, I apologize. We have almost 200 episodes or 100 episodes, so you can understand why I'm confused. But gratitude is an important characteristic. And I've, I'll just briefly say, I think we as society spend too much time thinking about what we don't have and what we're looking and searching for. We're very driven, a lot of us, and we stop to, you know, to, to be grateful for what we have, including the mistakes that we make and the obstacles that are in front of us. They are opportunities. And people that have that develop a strong sense of gratitude, it really does help. And I'm telling you guys, in your darkest moments, and if you had them already, I hope you have, I hope they're past, but if you have a dark moment, and we all do, I don't know a life that doesn't have one, looking for gratitude is hard, but it is instantly, instantly an uplifter in your in your psyche, in your emotions. And so I know from experience, when you can figure out how to be grateful for the tough lesson you were just taught, it instantly elevates you and it, it's instantly better. So I believe in that one heavily. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Identify and use your strengths. That's another area that, again, instead of browbeating yourself up about what you're not good at or, you know, whether you're, if you're talking about something clinical or something, you know, whatever your weaknesses are, don't focus on those. Build up what you're good at. Strengthen what you're good at. We always talk about, and that's kind of, this series is really kind of built the opposite, where we're trying to help you with things that we think you may not be, and that's why I said not every episode is for everybody. But if you are able to identify and use your strengths, that's another great sign of something you can actively concentrate on to help improve your mental health. Uh, create flow. So what does that mean? It means, and I can. here's another one I can, I can identify with. When you're so excited and immersed in a task or something that you enjoy or that you just got really involved in, that you actually lose track of time, that's a healthy mental place for you to go. And I will tell you guys, and, and you guys know about Next Gen Med Step and what we created, and I think I've shared with you early on, and I'll repeat it again, that there were many times after about 20 years in this industry where I was very jaded, very disappointed and discouraged. I didn't like where the industry is going. And I think a lot of you still feel that way because the signs look tough. And I even talked to another nurse today who just started using her app, and I, we were, she, was, she was saying about how the nursing shortage is getting, is, she feels is getting worse. She said that a few times. We didn't talk about it, but I caught like three times during a, maybe a 15-minute conversation how she kept talking about it's going to get worse, it's going to get worse meaning that you know people are leaving nursing or not enrolling or both and she doesn't she didn't know I caught it but it's it, I'm hearing that a lot so i it's i i still believe that the future of healthcare is strong and i will tell you that you guys know i'm excited about what i'm seeing and when the concept and we're going to talk about it actually the next episode when the concept of what we were doing came up it absolutely invigorated me. And I will tell you, and people know this, there were times when it was two o'clock in the morning and I was still working on stuff. And I was, I wasn't, I didn't, I absolutely lost track of time. 
I lost track of time. I had days where I worked literally 20 hours and went to sleep for four, and I wasn't tired because I was so excited and I just wanted to get a project done and the project was fun, whether it was promos or you know calculations or working with the development team and, and doing some of the math for how, we, how we're going to calculate the rates and show that stuff and, and figuring out problems that we were running up against with you know how, how the GSA or hospitals that don't have the same similar descriptions and how we're going to code all that was fascinating to me. It was fun, and I absolutely lost track of time, and I still do. I absolutely still do because there are things that are so fun and exciting, and that's exactly what I'm talking about. And if you find that, I don't, I'm not saying necessarily look for that, but if you find that, that's something you should you gravitate to. I don't. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it's work-related or personal-related. That's something you can try to strive for that you're so excited about it that you actually lose track of time. So it's called it's it's, a, it's called creating flow. Uh, a couple more things I'll say real quickly. Giving to others. Now, again, that's what we're talking about. Mentorship. We're talking about, I think, that Traveler Wisdom episode we did. So we did both those episodes. Mentoring, Travel Wisdom. They're both exactly what we're talking about that is relatable to healthcare travel. That means that if you help take another traveler under your wing, no matter if it's anything you've learned here or stuff you already know that's probably hopefully 10 times the amount of stuff you've learned from us, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about that will help. If you're able to help another traveler in your area of modality have an easier time with, like I say, clinical or just traveling healthcare in general, the things you've learned, it's it's rewarding. And the same thing goes along with the traveler wisdom. I don't want to do that episode again or even talk too much about it because I understand that, and if you guys don't know, watch the episode, but traveler wisdom means the things that you've learned as a traveler that sometimes the new facility you're working at may or may not want to hear because you know we do it our way kind of mentality but if you're clever and you're able to kind of fold some of the things that you have learned that were successful and i'm talking mostly clinical here that's that's gonna that's gonna help and those kinds of things are things you can do actively to feel better i think that's what's getting at again spirituality or religion however you want to call it we've done an episode on that that's an important one having something that is a higher than you you know, if if you if you have a if you believe in that, it's helpful. So think about you know whether you're religious or not. Think about what is it that you feel is a greater a greater power than you. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And then lastly, and this is the last one. Obviously, if you recognize that you're struggling with something, the last thing I'm going to tell you that was it's obvious as all get out. And certainly not coming from me. It's coming from everybody that will that you know. Seek some help. I mean, anything from. Depression, for sure. Addiction, obviously, the things that we've talked about on on, on travel evolve, and some things we're going to talk about. A strong mental person recognizes that they need help, and they go out and get it. And whether it's something as 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 relatively minor as you know getting on an ADD medicine, or something as serious as some of the things we talked about, or you know when you really have some warning signs, just seek some help. So. All right, that's the episode. Um, I don't want to spend a lot. It's kind of a short one, which is kind of good because I think the next two are going to be pretty long. So um, I'm excited. I guess I won't talk too much about the next two, uh, 99 and 100. We're going to wrap up the season with season uh, with episode number 100. I am going to try to get these done because that really gives me a good amount of weeks to be able to get into you know the new digs and make sure we're we're focused on the things that we're going out there to fix. And like I said, I mean, we're planning on being out there a long time, but maybe we're going to be back quicker. It depends on how fast things wrap up and, of course, what's happening here. But um, I can't thank you guys enough. It is starting to – we've had a hit a little bit of a 
of a surge in a lot of things that we're doing on Trial Evolved and, of course, on Next Gen Med Staff. And I think they go hand in hand. And it's exciting to me. gets me invigorated because, I'll be frank, there are times in the last couple of years where it felt like we were running up against a brick wall, that, that travelers weren't just ready. And I, I knew that it was because of the the mental attitude that I like things the way they are. I don't, you know, if it's if it's not broke, don't don't fix it, so to speak. And I think it was because people didn't realize it was broken or that it, it wasn't broken, but it certainly wasn't as good as it could be. And like I've always said, I think there's other things that are coming down the road that none of us have even thought about that are going to just improve it. So I'll leave you with this. Have a great, strong mental attitude. It's really important for you guys, and I think you know that. Be excited about... I think where you are, if you have just started this travel career, I think that if you get through a little bit of a rocky time here, and there's going to always be ups and downs, I think overall, my, my opinion is, I think if you're committed to traveling and you can travel, I think things are going to get pretty darn good for you. I still say this is kind of going to be the time for the traveler, and I'm saying five to ten years from now. I think that period of time is going to be the best time that's ever been as far as money, as far as opportunity and needs to be a traveler, I think, across the board, allied in nursing. That's my guess. Guys, as always, I can't think enough. I hope that you guys understood how tough it is to do this. It really is hard to talk about something that you absolutely are not an expert about. And all I wanted to do was open the eyes so you guys could take, take it from there and maybe recognize some things. Like I said, one person listens and heard something that the rest of you may not have heard, then we're good. I'll catch you next time on Travel Evolved. <laughs>